The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live here from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. And if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sons of Liberty Radio.com and Sons of Liberty Media.com. You, matter of fact, if you go to SonsLibertyMedia.com, you scroll down just on the right there, you'll see the video going. And uh, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio right there on SonsLibertyMedia.com. And also, if you want to check out the live video feed of the radio show, you can go to my Twitter account at FPPTim, FPPTim on Twitter. You can also check out our Facebook page at Bradley Dean SOL, Bradley Dean SOL on Facebook. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty, B Dean Sons of Liberty on YouTube. We're also live on BeforeIt'sNews.com. Our friend Michael Roach has put us up there um, on the main page. We're there at 6 a.m. each weekday and 3 p.m. each weekday afternoon. East, all these times are Eastern time. And then 3 p.m. for two hours on Saturdays. You can catch Bradley in the afternoon. And then finally, we're on DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty, The Sons of Liberty on DLive.tv. And then if you're exploring some of the other social media networks, such as Spreely, Gab, MeWe, Minds, or USA.life, uh, head over there and look for Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media, and you will find us there. Now, uh, got a special guest this, uh, this morning, so we want to bring him on here. Uh, Alex and I have known each other for a little while. We've done, I think, a couple of radio interviews, um, had some phone conversations. We were trying to have him up for a conference, and then when I came on with Sons of Liberty, that kind of has fell through a little bit. But Alex Newman is a prolific writer and uh, a speaker. He primarily writes over at thenewamerican.com, but he also has uh, the Newman Report, which is at freedomproject.com. And uh, I'm happy to have uh, Alex with me this morning. So, hey, man, how are you? Oh, hang on, hang on. I got to unmute you. Are you doing okay, man? All righty. Can you hear me now? I can hear you, and uh, you're coming a little hot. Hang on just a second. I should have checked that uh, before I started doing everything I was doing. Uh, okay, let's see if this helps. Hey, well, thank you very much for having me on, Tim. It's great to be with you. Yeah, great great to have you, and uh, I'm sure we're going to have a good time uh, talking about some things uh, today because we, we've got uh, this, I want to say it's a man-made manufactured crisis that we're having in the country over this coronavirus and um, uh, 
uh, people who have been reading the things I've been putting out of late, you have to understand we don't pass viruses back to one another. We have viruses in our body for a certain, uh, God has designed it that way to get rid of certain things. And when we have a weak immune system, it makes us, that's when they sort of, everything sort of, sort of backfires and we get these problems. But this, I've never seen anything like what we're experiencing now, Alex, in, in our country, in the world, to be honest with you. I've never seen it. Um, the panic, the fear and everything, people being uh, kept at home from work, not being allowed to travel in some states. Uh, Ohio, my friend up there said that they have to have special papers. <laughs> they have to get special papers and show those papers, reminiscent of Nazi Germany, if they travel somewhere and somebody stops them. Kids are being let out of school, being put back in the home. Now, you and I are both uh, proponents of the homeschool model, where parents have been entrusted with that. We believe that God has spoken to us in Deuteronomy 6. We're the ones to educate our children, primarily teaching them the things he's taught. Uh, he's told us that we're to have in our hearts, and then we're to put it in, in our children's. Um, and we talked the other day. This is a great time for those parents who are going to have to be at home with their kids, and a lot of them are going, well, what do I do? You know, I'm stuck here with my kids. Well, let's try parenting. And part of parenting is teaching. And so this is primarily what I brought you on. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things, the repercussions that have been done. I want to get your, your input on that. But tell people a little bit about yourself and what your perspective is on what we're seeing take place in the nation and what we can do about it. Yeah, well, thank you, Tim. And, you know, this is unprecedented in my lifetime, too. Um, you know, I grew up in lots of different countries, and every once in a while we would have to stay home from school. You know, in Mexico City, we used to get pollution days from time to time. But uh, I've never seen anything like this where everybody is stuck at home for uh, potentially an indefinite period of time, right? They, we don't even have an end date for when this might come to an end. I know uh, President Trump just was recently talking about maybe Resurrection Sunday. We could have things back to normal by then. But um, this is absolutely crazy. Uh, and, you know, I, I think he had some really wise words. He said, we don't want the uh, the so-called cure to be worse than the problem, than the disease. Uh, I think we've already reached that point. You know, from, from what I've seen on this data regarding the virus, from the medical doctors and professionals that I've spoken with, um, you know, the virus is a concern if you're, you know, older, you have a weakened immune system, you have something like that. But for for your average person, it's, you know, it's really not a huge deal. Uh, and yet what is a huge deal is shutting down the economy and, and collapsing the stock market and collapsing the dollar and imploding small businesses and imploding big businesses and destroying entire industries and getting everybody dependent on government, which, uh, you know, who knew that we could just all live off the government passing stimulus bills? I mean, why didn't we think of that earlier? We wouldn't have to go to work, right? I mean, this is absolutely ludicrous. Uh, goods and services are not going to grow on the government's money tree. Uh, this is frankly just redistributing an increasingly tiny pie. Uh, it's not going to work out well. So um, I think what's really going on here, Tim, uh, and we're actually doing a special report in the New American Magazine right now on the coronavirus, covering it from all these different angles. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about the silver lining. I've got one small piece on that. Uh, and then I've got another piece on the economic consequences that we're dealing with. So that's another big one that I'm focusing on. Uh, it looks like this has been engineered. This panic has been orchestrated uh, by the deep state, the insiders, the establishment, the, you know, the globalists, whatever you want to call 
these you know diabolical uh, forces that are trying to bring down civilization, wage war against the church, wage war against all the things that God has taught us about right and wrong. Uh, they've had this plan cooking for a long time. Uh, just earlier today, I was on another program and we were talking about this Rockefeller report from 2010 from the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, where they, they talk about this uh, scenario lockstep where we're going to have a pandemic. And um, you know they talk about how great China did during this future hypothetical pandemic because they've locked everybody down and martial law. But meanwhile, stupid America, you know, didn't take these draconian measures. So we're all going to die. This is crazy stuff. And, um, you know, the, the cure to anything is never tyranny, right? There's no situation I can think of where tyranny is the correct response. And that applies just as much to viruses. But um, on the silver lining front, Tim, uh, you know, and this is what you and I had talked about uh, before I came on. Uh, I, I'm hoping and I'm hopeful that uh, God can and will use this to accomplish some amazing things. And, you know, the top example that comes to my mind, and there's a whole bunch of them that we can get into, but the top example uh, that, that comes to the forefront, at least for me, is, uh, you know, we now have something like 50 to 60 million uh, children who were trapped in failing government schools, as the president calls them, uh, who have now been liberated, at least temporarily, from this grotesque indoctrination, this outlandish sexualization, perversion, confusion, uh, and the deliberate dumbing down. And so I'm really hoping and I'm praying that millions of these families will say, hey, let's try homeschooling as long as we're in, uh, you know, in this situation. They'll love it. They'll realize not only can they do it, but it's amazing for them, for their family, for their children. They'll you know, follow up on what God says, you know, teach these things to your children. Uh, fathers, bring up your children in the fear, discipline, instruction, admonition of the Lord. And take that seriously. And so that when these government indoctrination centers masquerading as schools open back up, uh, you know, in a few weeks, a few months, whenever it is, maybe after the summer, um, then uh, they'll open up with a lot less victims. Uh, that would be phenomenal news. And um, I'm hoping for that. We're working toward that. Uh, we're, you know, we're trying to push out this expanded special edition we did in the New American Magazine. I, I, I hope you've gotten a copy. If not, I'll get you one called uh, Rescuing Our Children. Uh, we've got a second edition now that we just released a couple weeks ago. And uh, we really we, I mean, we need to take this opportunity to liberate millions of children from this system. Yeah, I couldn't agree, I couldn't agree more, but it's going to take parents actually taking that initiative. They're the ones who have to do it. And governments are not going to do it for them. In fact, they want to do the opposite. They, The government wants you <clears throat> to put your kids in the in the government schools and then we have the whole trap of school choice of what that's become and some of these charter schools and things like that and as lynn and i have been covering every wednesday on our rotten to the core wednesday all of this is still common core they can change the name and they can tell you no we don't do common core but they're still doing it now <clears throat> when lynn and i talked on wednesday we were talking what we did was we took opportunity we talked a little bit about what was going on and then we took time to say okay families here's some of the things you can do here's here's a couple of books with ideas use games to teach you're having fun so you're not it's not like you're thinking you're sitting in a classroom uh you know different ways that that parents can teach their kids they can enjoy that time together and they learn together and so we we tried to put forth some of those ideas now as soon as the show was done Lynn starts going through all of the stuff that uh, is, you know, that uh, the Senate is looking to pass, <clears throat> excuse me, to pass through in this stimulus bill. Now, all of this stimulus bill, let's be right up front. I don't, there might be a few things in this that's constitutional. The rest of it, 
is nonsense. Let me give a, let me give a few uh, examples of this uh, before we get into things. And just I'm going to show the uh, the audience some of the things that she pointed out. When people will know she's talking about the, the STEM, science, technology, um, engineering, math. Is that what? No, it, I forget what what it is. She knows them real good. And then she's got Common Core. And the things in red here are tied to education. Now, there's all kinds of things that you'll see in these uh, in these in these photos. Now, you won't see them, uh, Alex, but I'm, I'm just reading them off to you here. Uh, Thirty billion dollars for the Department of Education Stabilization Fund uh, that will keep people employed. Two hundred million dollars to Safe Schools Emergency Response to Violence Program. $500 million to museums and libraries, okay? Uh, then there is $7,500,000 to the Smithsonian for additional salaries. $35 million to the JFK Center for Performing Arts. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Then there's $90 million for the Peace Corps. There is... Um, Five million to community planning and development. A hundred million for community block grants for Native Americans. Two hundred and fifty million for housing block grants for tribes. Fifteen billion dollars for the community development funding. Um, Two hundred and twenty-seven bill. I'm trying to read these correctly. Two hundred twenty-seven million dollars for grants to states for youth to activities. A hundred million dollars to—I don't even know what that is. Joe John Corns or something like job. No, she's got it with red in it. Job something. I don't know. She's got red over it. Uh, Thirty million to OSHA. Then there is oh, all kinds of stuff. Seventy-five million to Student Aid Administration. Nine point five billion dollars for higher education. I, I think I'm out right there. And this is in this stimulus package. And yet, we were told in the State of the Union address, this country will never be a socialist country. This is what this is. We, we dumped $1.5 trillion into a Wall Street that lasted all of, what, 10 minutes or something? We're, we're asking for a tr- almost a trillion dollars to give to the American people, which is socialism. It's what you are talking about a minute ago, causing the people to be dependent upon them because they don't have jobs because the government is part of the problem and shutting all that stuff down. Then you've got... Uh, asking for anywhere from four to six trillion dollars to be injected by the Federal Reserve. That's money printed out of thin air, which devalues your dollar, which means the cost of goods is going to go up too. That's being looked at about injected in there. And then we're, then we've got this. What are we doing here? Yeah, it, it really is absolutely crazy, Tim. But uh, what I think this is is a move by the deep state to uh, take advantage of this crisis. Uh, you know, whether they engineered it or they're just simply exploiting it and hyping it uh, more to be able to push their policies. But, um, you know, it's, it's not just on the economic front, but I think it's good to talk about that for a minute. I mean, people need to understand what the Federal Reserve is doing here. They throw out all these fancy words to try to make, you know, normal people feel intimidated. And, you know, nobody wants to ask so that they don't sound stupid. Um, you know, you're not stupid. These are just stupid words that they're throwing out. They're like quantitative easing. Uh, I mean, that, that's just idiot speak for printing huge amounts of money and showering it on our friends, right? Uh, there's nothing uh, esoteric. There's, there's nothing, um, you know, smart or, or, or you know, uh, amazing about it. It's just a, a fancy term to conceal the fact that they're looting you and redistributing your wealth to their friends. Uh, that's what's going on here. And 
the Federal Reserve, you know, since the 2008 economic crisis, they've entered into this new unprecedented territory where they're now printing money and buying actual assets, you know, physical assets. Uh, before, they used to just buy government bonds. And that in itself is problematic enough. You know, you're going to print money out of nothing and then lend it to the U.S. government with interest attached when you never printed the interest to begin with. I mean, it's a scam of monumental proportions. Now you have them creating money out of nothing and, and buying stocks, right? They're buying companies. Um, this is absolutely crazy. If anybody else were to do this, Tim, if you and I were to start printing money in our basement and using it to go buy companies, we would be immediately thrown in prison. Uh, and rightfully so. It's absolute thievery. And yet when this private cartel of banks uh, called the Federal Reserve, very misleading name, by the way, it's not federal, doesn't have any reserves. Uh, but when they do this and start buying companies, suddenly we act like they're helping us. They're saving us. Um, it's completely, completely ludicrous. And, and during the last crisis, they, I mean, they ended up in a weird position. Uh, they literally owned the Red Roof Inn, you know, this national hotel chain was literally owned by the Federal Reserve. They had printed all this money. They had just bought a bunch of stocks with it. Um, and, and they ended up owning the entire company, uh, the parent company of the Red Roof Inn. So we need to understand this is not any kind of uh, salvation. In fact, this is looting on a massive, massive scale. Uh, the stimulus bill is another example of looting. It, and, and, you know, I, I appreciate the stimulus bill because at least they're more honest about looting. Uh, you know, the Federal Reserve, they, they, they make it like seem like they're doing us a favor here. Um, you know, with, with the stimulus bill, at least they're saying, hey, we're going to take money from people through taxes and through borrowing and all that. Uh, and then we're going to give it to our friends. Right. Airlines, you guys get 50 million bankers. You guys get some hotel industry. You know, all, all the cronies who have the lobbyists get uh, big bailouts, all the government agencies, the universities. Uh, so this is really grotesque. Uh, it, it, it's uh, a, a very sick, to pardon the pun, a very sick variation of socialism, which is fascism, right? We, we see the merger of state and corporate power here to loot the American people uh, in, in really in an unprecedented way. I've never seen anything like this before. Uh, this makes what happened in the 2008 crisis look like small potatoes by comparison. Um, and, and, you know, the American people ought to be paying attention to this. You ought to turn off your television and go do some real research, listen to radio programs like this, get a copy of the New American magazine uh, and find out what's really going on. Because if we don't find out what's going on and if we don't put our foot down and say no, uh, not only are we going to all be a whole lot poorer, uh, we're all going to be a whole lot less free as well. And if you look out at the lay of the land at what they're doing, you see that every establishment agenda that they've had on the radar for you know 10 20 years now has has gone into overdrive so now they're waging war on cash right they're telling us that coronavirus is going to spread if we use cash so now we have a we have to have a digital dollar and in fact this was actually uh, they, the Democrats tried to sneak this into the stimulus and the bailout legislation they were going to create a digital dollar right which uh, you know if you read your Bible, you know what happens uh, at some point when the government wants to be able to prohibit people from buying and selling. But well, you can't do that if you have cash, right? Because I got cash under my mattress. Nobody's going to be able to stop me from buying and selling. But a digital dollar, that opens up a whole new world of possibilities. Uh, then they've got, you know, shutting down the economy. They've got shutting down the churches, right? H how did we get to a point in America where we're okay with the government telling churches they're not allowed to meet? That's crazy. You know, the, the government's role is to protect the good and to punish evil. It's not to tell the church what to be doing. Now, if the elders of a church get together and they say, hey, this is an emergency situation, you know, maybe it's a little bit too risky. We should do something different. OK, that's one thing. But to have the government tell us that we can't have uh, private assemblies, we can't gather as the body of Christ. This is crazy. Now you see them restricting gun rights in some places. You have mayors and stuff saying we're going to.
going to ban gun sales. Uh, you have uh, Ill the state of Illinois treating uh, guns as non-essential, and so gun shops are shot down. While meanwhile, abortions must continue because apparently murdering your babies is absolutely essential. And marijuana, right? How would we live without murdering our babies and smoking marijuana? I don't know. Uh, but this is the kind of kookiness that we're seeing. And, you know, frankly, when when a society thinks that murdering babies is an essential service, um, you know, is it surprising that we're going to see God's judgment? Um, you know, I, I think you'd be a fool to think that God is going to continue to allow this to go on forever. So we need to be aware, um, you know, the, the enemy is waging war on our families, on our churches, on our freedom, on our constitutional republic, on the biblical foundations of the United States. And if we don't wake up and if we don't get active in trying to turn the tide here, uh, it's going to end in an absolute catastrophe. No, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And one of the things that, uh, you, you know, you're making some points here that I want to bring into this issue of parents and education. Uh, one of the things that we talk, I've got uh, Victor Porlier. He comes on. I'm calling him my resident historian, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but he was, you know, he was in the State Department from like 61 to 70. Um, he's got a lot of knowledge from that. He was not a believer at the time. He came out, he became a believer. He, he went into all kinds of stuff, um, and then he became a believer. And now he just sees everything through the lens of Scripture, whatever he, and he's like, uh, you know, just well-read, just inc an incredible mind that God's gave him. And I'm so thankful that he can come on on Tuesdays to kind of guide us through some of these things of history, because most people don't know these and they don't know how to fit. They fit together and they don't know why we're doing some of the things that we're doing. But you were making mention of the Federal Reserve. And I think this is a time where parents uh, who, you know, maybe they don't have maybe they're sitting at home and they don't have anything to do, but maybe they're watching their movies or they're on the Internet, or whatever. How about going and, and looking up the history of the Federal Reserve? How about looking up what real economics is? Because this is one of the things that Victor talked about not being taught in our schools is real economics. And he said, because that's not there. Nobody puts two and two together about what they're earning and this printing of money because they don't know anything about it. They don't understand, why is my dollar buying less? I mean, when I was a kid, you know, you had, what, one and two cent bubble gum that you could go get. Go try to find that now. You can't find it. I think even those one and two cent piece of bubble gum are like 10 or 15 cents. And it's ridiculous. And And the people don't realize what they're losing. So, you know, parents could take time to learn about that and then communicate it to their kids. It's a way that you educate them. Then they can go back to, you know, issues of what God has said. He, it's not only he hate hands that uh, shed innocent blood, like with the murder of American babies, but he hates unjust weights and, and measurements. I mean, what was Jesus going in, made that cord to drive the money changers out? It wasn't because they were providing animals for sacrifice of things that he he had declared that wasn't the issue the issue was they were cheating the people out of their money and he drove them out yet we sit here and tolerate them in our day and age we allow them to uh impose usury uh, the bible says that you're not supposed to do that to your own countrymen and we allow those kinds of things these are things that i think are very practical that if we could just get some people you said uh five million if we if we could get uh if we could get just any percentage, or you said 50 million, if we could get five million, if we could get any percentage of those people to just begin the steps towards education liberty, I think we would see it flourish over the next generation and on past that because people would be learning things that they're not learning anymore. 
Yeah, absolutely, Tim. And, and, you know, it's so important. It actually strikes close to home. I'm an economics teacher. I teach at the Freedom Project Academy. It's an online K through 12 school uh, based on a foundation of Judeo-Christian values and morality. And of course, the virus has not interrupted our school and I teach economics there. And, you know, within a few weeks of taking my course, uh, all of my students would be able to tell you how idiotic all this stuff that's going on is. Um, you know, even the even the basic stuff you know, that, that sounds appealing politically to, a, to an economic ignoramus, like price gouging laws. Right? Oh, yeah, we shouldn't allow price gouging. Look, you know, prices have to rise when things get scarce, when the demand increases or the supply decreases, you they let the fries or you face shortages. The reason we don't have toilet paper in America is the same reason the people in Venezuela that American conservatives like to make fun of don't have toilet paper. It's price controls, right? When the government imposes price controls, you get shortages, you get surpluses, depending on, you know, if it's a price ceiling or a price floor, uh, and you end up with catastrophe. We, you know, in Florida, people ought to know better. Every time a hurricane comes by, we have these stupid price gouging laws. And so what happens? All the gas stations are empty. All the plywood gets sold out, all the water, all the canned food, all the generators. And who's going to bring more, right? Why should I bother? Why should I risk my man and my truck and my product and, and all that sending oil and gasoline down into Florida when I could sell it in Alabama or in Georgia for the same price, right? Of course, I'm not going to risk my people to send them into a disaster zone. Whereas if the price could rise, you would have people from all over the country sending supplies, uh, you would have you know a much more sensible use of the supplies. So this stuff is just so basic, Tim. But you're right; nobody's learning it in public school. Uh, and you know, we decided last year we we put together this special report in the New American Magazine called "Rescuing Our Children." For those watching on video, you can see this. Um, and, and what we do is we spend the first kind of two thirds of the magazine breaking down the problem. So you have the, you know the government schools are sexualizing the children. I mean, they're literally now bringing in transgender, homosexuality, all this kind of stuff into kindergarten, even preschool in places like New York City. Uh, we've got the dumbing down of the students, right? The deliberate dumbing down of America's population. And this has been going on for generations now. Uh, we are now orders of magnitude dumber than our grandparents, our great grandparents and their grandparents. I mean, it's just insane. And you can document all this with data. I mean, the, the government's own data shows that we have become a nation of imbeciles, of ignorant imbeciles, illiterate Im ignorant imbeciles. Um, we've got uh, the indoctrination, right? They're turning our kids into socialists. 70% of my generation, Tim, the millennials, so-called, are now socialists. Uh, why? Because they were brainwashed in a public school, right? I've got a three-year-old at home and, and my three-year-old knows how stupid socialism is, right? You take his teddy bear away and he says, hey, give me that. That's my teddy bear, right? So my three-year-old understands private property and yet all these brainwashed zombies spent 12 years in a government school, $15,000 per year. They're running around like, you know, lemmings demanding socialism. Uh, this is going to end in, in a cataclysm. Uh, we, we go into the globalization of the education system now that the UN is taking a greater and greater role. And then finally, the solution. Right. We need to rescue our kids. We need to get them into uh, the safe sanctuary of Christian schools, homeschools, private schools, um, you know, schools like the Freedom Project Academy, where I teach any place where they'll get a decent God centered education. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that's going to be the big silver lining out of this whole coronavirus mess, Tim, is that uh, parents by the millions, um, you know, I, I see this happening on two fronts. You know, a lot of school districts, a lot of states have now sent all the kids home with laptops from the school and they're having like online classes and they're expected to do online lessons and modules and stuff. Uh, for a lot of parents, uh, they are going to be shocked and appalled when they see what their kids are learning. They are going to be 
mortified when they see the LGBT propaganda. They're going to be mortified uh, when they see the uh, idiotic fake history that they're teaching the kids, the fake science, right? Uh, basically, science education today consists of you came from slime that turned into a monkey that uh, somehow came alive with no God. Uh, and uh, global warming is going to kill us all unless you let the UN tax the gas you exhale. I mean, that's literally a science education today. As parents see this, uh, I think they're going to be horrified. And I think many of them are going to do the right thing and yank their children out of public schools. Um, and then on the other side, you're going to have parents who are going to take this opportunity and say, hey, you know, we don't have much to do. Let's try some homeschooling. Hey, let's learn some history. Let's learn some science. And uh, they're going to realize, whoa, this is fun and I can do it. And, and my kids are happy and my family is stronger. And uh, suddenly my kid's not cutting himself and threatening suicide. And, you know, all this kind of idiotic stuff that's happening in the public school system. So I think that's going to be the big silver lining to him is if, if we get a few million kids out of the government's indoctrination system, that'll give us a solid core moving forward to uh, hopefully rebuild this nation. Um, you know, if we keep going the way we're going, we are heading right over the cliff and we're going to need some well-educated, uh, good Christian men and women to be able to rebuild our society on a solid foundation once again. And I think the homeschool movement is really, uh, you know, the, the nucleus of that um, movement that's coming up. So, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. The the um, one of the things that gets me is that we've we've seen I, I even, I've even noticed that there are people who are not believers uh, who are homes, homeschooling their kids. Uh, there was a group. There was a family uh, I ran across and I shared it with my son because he's a musician and um, they were like, a I don't know, a rock band or whatever. But they were from Romania that all the kids were just well behaved. Very, I mean, down to, I, I don't even know how young the youngest was. He was under probably 10 or so, uh, playing guitar up to, I think one of them was in maybe around 20 or so, and uh, she played drums. And then they had all this, and, and it was the, the whole family was there, the dad, the mom. And even in that, there's a certain blessing in it in that the family is together as a unit, as they should be. And uh, this was something that Lynn talked about. Yeah, we could learn these things too, but there's also the issue of just families being together. You know, even in my home, it, I'm here, but it's it's like, you know, usually everybody's doing their own thing, and then we pull them in for this, that, and the other, and then they go out and they do do things together. But the family as a whole is together, and those are good thing. Those are good things for the family itself. So those are good points to make. I was going to make mention too. You know. Um, I used to work for Dr. Gary North, and uh, we were talking about the money issue. One of the books that he he wrote that I that we use have used with the kids is Honest Money, and it's dealing with those kinds of things too. And then you know I also take and promote uh, the Ron Paul curriculum, and I say put it alongside your Bible. Do your do your Bible with those things. It's free because I know a lot of people say, well, how am I supposed to do this? I'm not a teacher, and we don't make a lot of money. Look. <laughs> If you can read and you can learn something, you can teach your kids. Because if you learned it, you can just read it to them and say, do you have any questions? Well, yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about that. And that's how you learn. This is how you learn things is asking questions, getting information on it. And um, and the other thing about the, the what the costs are, a lot of times, look, our family, we have 10 kids. Uh, you know, I lost, I started losing $1,000 a month like three years ago. It started this year, I lost $2,000 more a month. We're making like what I was making, I don't know how long ago, like $50,000 or whatever. If we can do it, you can do it. Anybody can do it. 
what are you willing to cut off? You willing to cut off the cable TV? You willing to cut off, you know, a couple of nights out, the, the fast food burgers or whatever you got to do to to ensure that your kids that you're that you're inputting something into them that has value uh, that will lead them, uh, as we would say, in the way of life, because we would say you need to teach them what the Creator said that you need to teach them, and that's His commands. That way, they're not going out and they're getting in trouble. They're not. They instead of like what you're saying a minute ago, cutting and scratching themselves, com- trying to commit suicide. Stuff, they have a hope there. They have a hope there that God does see all things, no matter how bad they may seem. He sees those things. So I'm I'm with you. I'm hoping that maybe there'll be some uh, parents who've just had it up to here. Every time I see a news article, you talked about the LGBTQ thing. Um, you're talking about the drag queen story. Every time I see that, I keep thinking, sooner or later, parents are going to get it and just get their kids out, aren't they? But no, they go and shout it down. They get it stopped. They go back to doing what they're doing. They keep sending their kids in there, knowing these people have let this happen once. Did they not think it's going to happen again? I mean, what is it that we're looking for that will really change that in their minds? Yeah, I I think a lot of it, Tim, is uh, deliberate and willful ignorance. Uh, A lot of parents don't want to know what's going on in the public schools. They have a sense that something's wrong, but they know that if they dig and they find out what's really going on there, then, oh, heaven forbid, we might actually have to do something like protect our children, right? Which means, of course, getting them out of the system. And so uh, we need to make it so that these parents can no longer play ostrich, right? You can't stick your head in the sand uh, and pretend like everything is fine and hope that your children will come out fine on the other end. We know they're not going to come out fine on the other end, right? The, the, the data is there now. The Nehemiah Institute's been doing studies on this. They found that something like 80% of Christian children from Christian homes who go through 12 years of government brainwashing are going to leave their churches. Um, you know, some of them might come back eventually, but uh, churches aren't going to survive through that. Uh, our liberties, right? I, I mentioned earlier, this, the latest polling data shows that 70% of millennials are now socialists. Um, about half of millennials want to abolish our border agency, right? Um, all the things that God has taught us, uh, our children are learning the reverse in the public school system, right? God created male and female. So they teach them that gender is a spectrum and you could be any one of infinite genders. Uh, God created marriage, a man and a woman. So they teach them marriage could be whatever the, the lunatics on the Supreme Court say it is, right? It could be uh, two guys, three transgenders, a dog and a goat, right? Uh, they, God created nations. He tells us over and over again. So what do they say? Oh, borders are racist and we're just one all global happy family, right? Uh, This is all crazy talk, but that's what the kids are learning. And the parents, uh, by and large, I think, don't want to know these things. You know, they're uncomfortable with it, um, but they don't want to know these things. So we need to make sure that they do know these things, whether they want to know them or not. Uh, and, And that's really what I've been dedicating a lot of my time to, Tim. Uh, is trying to raise awareness. Um, so I did a national speaking tour last year. It actually was, uh, you know, I even went to a few foreign countries and I was scheduled to do a whole lot more, but everything got canceled with coronavirus. But I'm going around the country and around the world uh, showing parents what's happening and I'm showing them the videos. So, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, I don't believe that Alex guy. So I'm just going to keep sending my kids to school. It's not about what I have to say. It's about what they are saying. And I've got the videos and I've got the documents and I will shove them in your face and say, look, this is what they're doing to your children. Um And the reality is, if we don't do that, um, you know, we're going to lose everything Uh, on the political front. We're going to lose all the political battles on on the religious front. You know, we we know as Christians that uh, the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. But uh, there's no guarantee that America is going to survive. Right. And there's no guarantee that the church in America is going to survive over the long term if we let this continue. Yeah, the church will survive around the world. But, um, you know, America doesn't necessarily have to. And if we continue letting these maniacs brainwash our kids, uh, it's going to be all over. So I think that the challenge is to 
force parents to look at this, to force them to understand the consequences of allowing this to continue. And uh, so that's why we've done, we've done this uh, special report here. Dan, we're hoping to get a million copies of it out. Uh, we're hoping right now amid the coronavirus to get a, you know, a lot of help. We just did the second edition. People can get copies of this at thenewamerican.com slash rescuing our children. And uh, what we're hoping, and we know a lot of people are doing it, is uh, you know, order 50 or order 100 or 1,000 or order the DVD for our illiterate friends and get them a copy of the DVD. Just find some way to get this information to people. Uh, let them know what's happening to their kids. Let them know uh, that there are alternatives like homeschooling. And, you know, I love what you said uh, about parents who claim that they don't have enough money to do it. Uh, and that's that's one of the arguments that I hear probably more frequently than anything else. Uh, and, and frankly, I've lost all sympathy for that, Tim. It's true. You have, you know, the occasional person that has, uh, you know, legitimate reason to say that, you know, maybe a single mom, deadbeat husband ran off and left her with the kids. Uh, you know, occasionally you'll find a, a legitimate story where the family can't afford it. But, um, you know, you tell me you can't afford to homeschool and yet you're driving a 2017 BMW and you're spending two weeks uh, at Disney World. I mean, give me a break. You know, where are your priorities? Are your priorities in, uh, you know, enjoying material wealth and going on vacation or is it on the well-being of your children? And, you know, God tells us that if you don't take proper care of your family, you're worse than an infidel. Well, that very much includes uh, ensuring that they're going to get a godly education. And God is God's word is just filled with references to education. And uh, note, you will never find any delegation of authority uh, over education to Caesar, right? Uh, that authority belongs to the parents, and Caesar never should have gotten involved. So, uh, you know, there's, there's so many reasons. There's so much that needs to be done. Um, I'm, you know, I think the word is getting out there, Tim. Um, a lot of good things happened last year. You know, you had uh, Rush Limbaugh come out and say people ought to get their children out of the public school system. And, you know, I'm not a huge Rush Limbaugh fan, but that was encouraging that the biggest talk show host in America said that. Uh, Franklin Graham, uh, after New Jersey passed a law mandating uh, LGBT indoctrination of all children, he said, you got to get your kids out of the public schools. Um, now we had uh, President Trump. And, and admittedly, it was in the context of, you know, promoting uh, this phony school choice movement, but he said, we got to rescue our kids from these failing government schools. Nobody should be trapped in a failing government school. And uh, I agree hundred percent. Now I don't agree that we ought to have the government, you know, taking control of private schools under the guise of choice, but Hey, the, the, the sentiment is, is there, right? We got to get our kids out of these failing private schools or excuse me, public schools. Uh, and the way to do it, uh, you know, nobody wants to hear this. It's going to take some sacrifice. And you know what? I tell people I would sooner live in a cardboard box before I would send my children to be indoctrinated and dumbed down and spiritually abused in these government schools. Uh, and until we have that kind of attitude, uh, you know, the problem will continue. But again, I'm hoping this coronavirus will really be, uh, you know, a, a turning point in America when it comes to education. Yeah. And part of that might be, might be that we need to get educated on, on health too, uh, mm -hmm. and how viruses actually work. And the fact that we don't pass them off to each other as we, as we're told by the lying media, uh, the the med modern medical hacks and the politicians as well. You know, you were saying something about um, what we're teaching our children. This is a passage that's often used, but it's it, it's never um, it's never fully quoted. And this comes back to the issue of what we talked about in Deuteronomy six. You talked about the jurisdiction of the home uh, to be those who uh, that is the parents' job and jurisdiction to teach their children, not the state. Not the federal government, and um, and they're they're the ones responsible for that, you know. And and Deuteronomy six tells us that we're to teach them the things that the Creator uh, commanded us, and we're to do them at all kinds of times when we're walking, when we're getting up, when we're lying down, when we're sitting, or 
you know, Amen. they're supposed to be on the on the on the walls of our home. Um, and if you don't do it, and, and God said right after that, I think He begins it in verse ten. He says, "I'm going to bring you in this land. You haven't built the houses. You didn't plant the vineyards. I'm just giving it all to you, and I want you to understand. I don't want you to forget me. I don't want you to forget me because." He goes on in in that same book, and he talks about, you know, as long as you remember me, you do these things, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you're going to receive a whole bunch of curses. And Hosea tells us, now everybody knows this, 4-6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And we talk just on a couple of issues here where people in this country are being destroyed because they just don't know. But he says, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. That should terrify people, that God would forget their children because somehow we forgot him and to to input him in their lives, that he's just going to forget them. That should terrify parents enough. Just put the LGBTQ and all the other stuff that's there. The fact that God would forget us and forget our children, ugh. I mean that that really ought to put some spunk in some parents to do something. It really should. Yeah, you're 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 absolutely right, Tim. And I'm so glad you brought all this up too. And you know, God tells us a little something about knowledge too. And if you go to Proverbs, uh, Proverbs one seven, Proverbs nine ten, God tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And 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 all these you know, frankly naive parents, they oh, I'm just going to send my little Johnny to public school and he's going to get some knowledge. Uh, if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and you can't even mention the Lord in a public school, uh, obviously they're not going to be getting any knowledge, right? I mean, they're getting a fraud. They're getting counterfeit knowledge uh, that is you know, even more destructive than just plain old ignorance because now they know things that are simply not true. Uh, you know, they think they know things that are simply not true. Uh, and that becomes terribly dangerous. Um, and, you know, Isaiah also talks about, you know, people going into captivity for lack of knowledge. Um, you know, America this should be a wake-up call to you, right? Uh, you are staring captivity and destruction in the face right now. And this coronavirus hysteria uh, should have made that pretty clear to you right now, right? We're talking about demolition of the stock market, destruction of the currency, millions and millions of people unemployed just in the last couple of weeks, millions more uh, in the next few weeks to come, Um this could potentially turn into the destruction of a nation. And, um, you know, God's word speaks on, on all of these issues. We ignore it to our peril. And I think education is, is among the most fundamental, you know, the, the training, the upbringing of the next generation. Um, and, and, you know, America has just gotten so far off track. It's, it's terrible. And I think education is at the heart of that. You know, if we were a well-educated people, um, if we were a godly people, we would never be allowing these things. These things would just simply would be inconceivable. The idea that we would have uh, 50 million, 60 million babies being slaughtered. The idea that we would shut down our economy to prevent, uh, you know, some you know, supposed virus pandemic that's, that we're all scared of. Uh, even this terrible fear of death, right? Uh, everybody's running around like death is the most horrible possible fate that could await you. And I mean, if you're going to hell, you know, I, I sympathize, right? But, um, you know, as Christians, we should not be afraid of death, right? Uh, you know, what's the worst that could happen? We'll go home early. Okay. Um, and, and so we need to be really just, I think, taking this opportunity to, to re-examine everything we've been taught, re-examine everything we've been told, uh, recognize that uh, the enemy is hard at work. We've been lied to. We've been deceived. We're having our liberties stolen. We're having our heritage stolen from us. 
uh, and the public education system is right at the heart of all of this. Uh, and it all results from uh, a lack of understanding of what God's word teaches. If, uh, if our forefathers had been paying attention to what God's word had to say, they never would have allowed the totalitarians, the collectivists, the God haters to have the government hijack control over education. Uh, and we wouldn't be in this predicament right now. But it's where we are, and uh, you know, I think now is the time. If there's ever going to be a time to turn this around, it's got to be now or it may be never. So um, you know, I, I hope people will get involved in this fight. And everybody's got their own battles they're, they're involved in, and I understand that. I sympathize with that. I love that. You know, some people are more passionate about uh, saving uh, you know, unborn babies, and God bless you. I'll be right there in the trenches with you praying and uh, you know, doing activism and speaking the truth. Uh, but you know, this education thing, uh, it's just, it's just so fundamental. And so I'm really happy to have the opportunity to talk about this on your show. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, sure. And I'm glad that you, you took time for us to come, come in today because, uh, you were talking about the things that people should be noticing and I'm amazed. Uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. You, you mentioned what was going on there, you know, under our constitution, let's talk a little bit about constitution and understanding that because you guys have, uh, a, a, a series called, um, the Constitution is the solution, and people can get that. I think they can get that at the New American too, can't they? Yes, they can. Okay, so so that's something that people can learn from as well. And part of the things, I mean, you look at what what's just gone on here. Not just the employment stuff. Let's talk about just the tyranny that's there. You have a president who's not authorized in um, the Constitution to declare war. He's declared war against. A germ, (laughs) and he's 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 moved into New York with the army to overtake taxpayer paid arenas and hotel and and private hotels and all this other stuff. You talk about the fascism that's going on. That's being done in the name of setting up hospitals and 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 then we have guys on the street going in, going, well, there's nobody here, (laughs) and they're going. They asked the they asked the the doctors and nurses. Well, where's the people with all this stuff? Well, all we've had is some people maybe with the flu, and we're told not to keep those people. We're you know send them down here, or whatever. And and anybody knows that when you go to the doctor and you tell them you have a virus, they tell you it's got to run its course. There's nothing we can do. We learned this a long time ago. I remember that. But you have these takeovers. Then you have um, this this decision by the by the president to just send out the national guard and you go guys did you read your constitution he be, we don't elect a commander in chief we elect a president and, and the constitution says he becomes the commander in chief when they're called up in the service of the united states and who does that it isn't the president it's congress and and we just ignore that too we just go off into unconstitutional words but these are things that that present a tyranny to us and we're seeing now, you know, they uh, even the now we're given. You were talking about the cure worse than the um, the sickness, and a lot of people have in mind they're going to have mandatory vaccines. I think they were having those in China, and I think that's where a lot of the sickness really came from, uh, injecting people with that stuff. But now we we've got him promoting something, uh, hydrochlorine, and that stuff. The side effects on that is really bad for your heart and liver. And yet there are things that you can take. Uh, they're using actually for malaria that work in every case. They work in a couple of hours and they're not toxic to your body. They actually basically steal the energy from the thing that's, that's messing with you. Um, but we don't hear anything about that. And we are an ignorant people. 
And part of God's judgments, he says, is pestilence, um, you know, disease and things like that. So when you read things like Revelation, and I believe Revelation, for the most part, was fulfilled in in, uh, 70 A.D. I believe it was it was God's promises of judgments. It was God. It was John's Olivet Discourse. He was seeing there. And over and over, God sends his judgments, and he waits on the people, and they don't repent. And he sends another judgment, and he waits on the people to repent, and they don't do it. And, he, and the more he waits, the greater and the with more quickness or in between time um, come the judgments. And I think he's trying to get people's attention. Bradley has said it in the afternoon. He's going to get our attention one way or the other. Uh, we would be wise people that he got it right now. Yeah, absolutely, Tim. And, uh, you know, I, I think there may be some of that going on here. You know, the Bible does say over and over again, and we have tons of examples of where, where God uses uh, pestilence and, and attacks, uh, even on his own people, right, on Israel. Uh, he, he did it over and over again when they start worshiping idols and sacrificing their children to Baal and Moloch. And, uh, you know, what happens? They go off into captivity and he sends a, an army against them and he sends a pestilence among them. I mean, uh, we've seen this movie before, uh, and of course, Second Chronicles tells us about this. In fact, it talks about pestilence, and then right after that, it says, "If my people who are called by my name will turn from their wicked ways and seek my face and repent, right, and pray, uh, then I will heal their land, right? I will hear them and I will heal their land." And and I think ultimately that's what it's going to boil down to. And so, Tim, I'm hoping that uh, you know that'll be another sil- silver lining from this. And I'm already getting anecdotal reports that. Uh, something amazing is happening. Uh, actually, I got a call from a family member who works at a, a drug rehab facility, found out that they had just had four baptisms and they had three more coming. Unprecedented. You know, people are freaking out about coronavirus and these people decided, hey, let's get baptized. One of them gave a talk uh, that really impressed the the other patients in there, you know, talking about, you know, my whole life, I, I filled this void that I had with uh, with drugs and alcohol and uh, now I realize that really what was missing was a relationship with God, right? Uh, and so I'm hoping that as all these idols are falling in the streets, you know, the, the sports, you know, the pathetic worship of sports athletes and basketball and football and all this crap. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just it's tragic to see Americans uh, bowing down at the feet of sports stars. Then you have government, this this idolatry of government, that the government is going to save us from these problems. The government is going to give me money because I lost my job. The government is going to protect me from a germ. The government is going to do this, that, and the other. Uh, as people realize that, no, the government's not going to save you from squat, and you're not going to be able to save yourself. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that this will cause a, a dramatic um you know, wave across America that will cause people to to repent and to turn from their wicked ways and to seek God. Uh, if we don't do that, you know, I think America as a nation is cooked. Um, I did see uh, yesterday, somebody sent me a video of, uh, you know, I, I, he, I think he calls himself a rabbi, but he's a messianic Christian. Uh, Jonathan Kahn, I believe his name is, uh, calling on Americans to repent and, and to seek God. And um, you know, I think that's what we need. I, I think every pulpit in this country needs to be calling on Americans to uh, to repent and to turn toward God. And, and we need to re- remember who we are as a people. Uh, America is, is unique in world history in the sense that it was founded uh, by Christians to propagate the gospel for th- these amazing purposes. And that means God's going to have us at a higher standard. And, and right now, look at where we are. I mean, we're exporting sodomy, right? We have the, the presidential administration going around bullying countries to legalize sodomy. What in the the world right we're, we're exporting abortions right we're funding un agencies that go in and, and kill unborn babies and, and shower everybody with birth control i mean it's crazy it's absolutely crazy and so uh you know i think ultimately when you boil it all down it, the only 
possible solution is for us to rediscover our heritage, for us to turn back to God, for us to repent of all this evil and to cleanse this country. I mean, stop the stop the baby killing is a good place to start. Uh, you know, stop the mockery, the desecration of marriage with these abominable Supreme Court uh, judgments, so-called opinions, so-called uh, that are just a mockery of the Constitution, a mockery of what God has to say, a mockery of what uh, civilized people and even uncivilized people have understood from the dawn of time. Uh, it's crazy. But uh, maybe this is the chance, Tim. Maybe this is uh, what God is going to use to call the American people back. Um, and if not, you know, I won't be surprised to see the whole country go down in flames. But, uh, you know, we can do what we can in the meantime try to turn this around so yeah well our our pastor um this past sunday had had given a message uh he usually takes the the last sunday and goes to the psalm we're going through the psalms and we're we're currently going through the book of hebrews so when he the last week comes in we're going to the psalms well he's taken the 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 last two weeks and he's going to go through there to address what's going on in our country and guess where he went to psalm 91 you know, oh, amen. Yeah, those those God's who, the one who's going to protect you from the pestilence. That's right. right that's right. Amen. And you know, those, the, people don't even hear those stories in history where some of our guys were unarmed. I forget where the the particular thing was. I read it, and they had memorized that. And the planes came in. If you, I don't know if you've heard the story, but they came in with their guns, and the guys were without any ammunition, and they just began to recite Psalm ninety one, and none of them lost their life even though those planes were shooting all around them. And, uh, it's, I mean, that's another thing about history where you can see here's what God did. And, you know, we're told, what is it? It's um, Psalm 75, 78. I forget which one it is right now. Um, where we're to teach those things to our children of, how, of what God's done in the past for our fathers. Yeah. And, and we've forgotten that. We, we've forgotten that, that the God who did these things in the Old Testament and the God who did these things in the New Testament is the same God today. He does it for us today. But but we got to be those who believe in him and obey him. See what see what he'll do when a people will be obedient to him. Um, we're coming up against the end of the show here, Alex. Tell people real quickly where they can find out more about you and and the things that you do. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me on the program, sure. Tim. It's it's always such a pleasure. I love what you do, and and uh, Bradley. I mean, you guys are some of the best uh, radio hosts out there, and I and I love it that you guys come back to scripture all the time. I think it's just it's so important. Uh, to, to drill that into people's heads. You know, it's, it's not going to be just a political solution that's going to save this country. Uh, it's going to be God. So uh, if people want to read more of my work, uh, most of it appears over at the New American Magazine. Uh, for those who are interested in the second edition of this uh, New American uh, on rescuing our children, go to thenewamerican.com slash rescuingourchildren. Um, I teach at the Freedom Project Academy. I've got the Newman Report there. It's an education blog. I typically do uh, one or two blog posts a week about what's going on in the world of education. Um, I do a whole bunch of other things, too. My, my personal blog, my website for my company is libertysentinel.org. Uh, if people want to follow me on social media, it's a Twitter, uh, Alex Newman underscore J-O-U for journalism. Um, I've got a Facebook. It's Alex J. Newman 86. And I do a whole bunch of other things. If you know if people put my name into a search engine, they'll find it. But really, if you're not subscribed yet to the New American Magazine, uh, I'd encourage you to do that. You know, turn off the TV. You'll get a thousand times more useful information from two hours reading the the, the New American Magazine that comes out uh, every other month, or excuse me, every other week, uh, than you will uh, with you know endless hours of watching Fox I News agree. or CNN or I anything totally like agree. that. I totally agree. I totally agree. That's all the time we got for today uh, alex i appreciate you coming on and uh folks pay attention to what's been said here uh we've got to act we can't sit back with uh you know on our hands and everything we got to act and, and part of that is repentance towards god and love towards our fellow man 
23 hours, we'll be back with you. Lord willing, see ya.